Welcome to Poppin' Packs, a special bonus No Dunks podcast where every week I talk to a legend from the NBA world on Instagram Live. This week was a beauty as I busted open a pack of 91-92 Skybox with Atlanta Hawks high flyer and Hall of Famer Dominic Wilkins. Of course, we talked about his incredible battles with Larry Bird over the years, why Bob Lanier wouldn't speak to Nick for nine whole years, and who Dominic's teammate was on the All-Star All-Style team. I bet you hadn't heard about that one before. So here it is. Sit back and enjoy the next half an hour of me and Dominic Wilkins. Waiting for Dominic Wilkins. Let's see. Let's see if this one works. <laughs> Connecting. Oh, there you go. There, there you we go. go. Finally, we got there. We got there. Right. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Fine, thanks. Thanks very much for joining me today. No problem. No problem. Uh, How's it going? Oh, well, it's, you know what it's like here in Atlanta. It's always hot. So uh, It's hot. It's, it's hot. <laughs> I've got my shirt ready to go, though. This should keep me cool. Okay, there you go. It's yeah. cool shirt. Got, I got a special one here. Got a special one here. I, uh, so the way this goes, Nick, is I've got a pack of old basketball cards from 91-92 season there, Skybox. And what I'll do is I'll give you some clues, and, and uh, hopefully you can guess who the player is, and uh, maybe you can tell us a story or two about them. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay, now just before we get started, I want to say uh, congratulations, because I saw a couple of months ago uh, you were part of a world record, a Guinness World Record. Which one was that? The the, the <laughs> continual jumping, uh, uh, jogging, and running for. Uh, the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. For for Culture City. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's for a great cause for autism people dealing with sensory needs. So it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's a that's a that's a great way Thank to be productive during this during this crazy quarantine situation that we're all we're all uh, dealing with right now. Yeah. Okay. So the first one here, let me get these cards out here. The first okay. one is uh, a guy who uh, I remember him mostly for his time at the Indiana Pacers, a big guy. He's like 6'10", sort of a forward center. I think he was drafted in the same draft as you, actually. Um, he was a couple LaSalle of... LaSalle Thompson. Oh, yeah, there you go. You're off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know about LaSalle Thompson? Oh, he's a, I tell you what, funny guy. I mean, he's a great friend of mine. We go back a long way. Like you said, we all came out of college together, and he was drafted the same year. He's uh, he was a brute boy. He was he yeah. was a strong guy. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he played. I think Kansas City is um, in his early days. I believe. Yeah, yeah. He did. He was at Kansas City. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good start here. Okay. This next guy here, um, I remember him mainly. He was kind of a backup point guard in Seattle, and then he played some good years for the Lakers um, as their point guard after Magic Johnson retired. It was after the Showtime Lakers. Um, he, uh, he he's actually from Atlanta. I, I believe he's from Marietta. This guy. What is Sadell three? Poor. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> a local boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadell and I, you know, we played a lot of summer ball together in Atlanta, and a lot of summer leagues. Played on some of the same teams together. Played against each other. He was a, he was a solid point guard. Yeah, I think he's actually out in Australia right now, where I'm from in Melbourne. I think he lives mm -hmm. out there right now. Um, wow, long way from home. Yeah, a long way from home. He's coaching one of his kids, I think, out there. Yeah. So, all right, this next guy. Well, this is a this is a good card to get because this guy was a great shot blocker, great defender, Hall of Famer, champion, MVP. He's done it all in the NBA, and he played for one team. But he actually, when he got drafted, it took him three years, I think, before he actually played in the NBA because he was finishing off his education in the Navy. David Robinson. Oh, yeah, David Robinson. There you go. No, I, I played with David, too, towards the end of my career. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for, you know, beside the basketball player, David Robinson is a wonderful guy. I mean, yeah. he's just a hell of a human human being. And glad to have been 
you know, friends with him all these years and uh, had a chance to play with him a short time, you know, at the end of my career. But it was, it was a fun time in San Antonio. You know, Nick, um, when, I was, uh, when I was looking back over some of your highlights on YouTube, there's like, there's like compilations over 10 minutes long of you dunking on guys. And uh, you got David Robinson one time, I remember, here in Atlanta. He kind of came, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a there's a bit of a trend there because I saw you got guys like Mark Eaton seven four. There's a double pump on Ralph Sampson in traffic seven four guy. These are two hand mm -hmm. dunks. I mean, did you see those guys as like you know challenges or or like? Well, you know what? As a as a high flyer, you love dunking on big guys. Yeah, that was, that was the thrill. They, you know, that's what really got you going. And when if you could dunk dunk on a seven footer. Man, you know what? It, it, it was something that changes, changed the game. It would get your guys ready to go, you know, it would bring that energy. So yeah. for me, it was a tool for intimidation. It wasn't the end-all, be-all with me, but it was a way to back big guys up, keep them from wanting to challenge my shot. Yeah. I, I also noticed as well, like, when you dunked, you really tried to, like, smash the ball home. Was that also trying to send a message to defenders, like, if you want to try to block this, you might lose a finger or two here? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. The harder you dunk on guys and when you went to the rack with reckless abandon, it deterred a lot of guys a lot of times not to challenge your shots. Yeah. So that's basically what it was for me. Was there one, you know, I mean, again, I know there's a lot out there that we that are famous dunk, you know, um, but is there one that sort of people have forgotten about that's one of your all-time oh, favorites? Man, man it's, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. I think the one I, I, we kid about and, and, and Bob Lanier and I kid about it mm. all the time, it was the one against him that for nine years after that dunk, he did not speak to me until after we retired. <laughs> so, uh, that, uh, that was an iconic moment, you know, so that was a, that was an interesting time. That's the baseline one where you kind of catch him and, and throw it well, over. I, well, the thing was, I when I went to the middle and got cut off, I came back baseline, I jumped. And Bob Lanier covered the rim <laughs> with both hands. And as he was coming down, I was still going up. So I turned in the air and turned my body back around. When he was yeah. coming down, I was still going up. And I, I threw it down at the end of the game. We won the game. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he didn't like me for a very long time. <laughs> I hope he's talking to you now. Then I hope he's been. Oh honest. yeah, we're we're very girlfriend, um, um, unbelievable, respectful, Bob. a wonderful, great, great player, Hall of Fame type player, and uh, he was fun to play against because he he was another guy that was yeah. physical. Yeah. Okay. This next guy, uh, this guy's another athletic guy, big jumper, big dunker. He used to dunk a lot with his left hand, even though he was a right-handed player. Uh, you remember him mostly for the Charlotte Hornets. He played for the Sonics. He played for the New Jersey Nets. Um, yeah, big 6'8 guy out of Chicago. Wow, that's a good one. Okay. And I know who this is, too. I do. He was in a dunk contest. He was in a dunk contest, I think, maybe in his rookie season in Charlotte. Hmm. He's still in great shape. I'll say that. If uh, I don't know if you, if you see him on Instagram, but he's still in great shape. He's, uh, he's in his early 50s. Uh, but yeah, very athletic guy, six eight. Um, yeah, started his career with the Hornets, went to the Sonics, moved to the Nets, and then uh, where did he where did he finish his career? We. Uh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I can't think of who that one is. I Flying Illini. Huh? Flying Illini. Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, he did. He dunked a lot with his left. He sure yeah. did. You know, Kendall was an athletic guy. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and for me, he wasn't quite six eight. By the way, right. he was right. not quite six eight, but he <laughs> was a high flyer. What's he listed at here? Uh, you know what? You know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. It says here he's only listed at six five. Yeah, I gave him a few extra. Few a little extra. smaller. He was a little yeah. smaller than us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this next one. This is uh, this is a great one because I think, if I remember correctly, I saw one time that the first time you played against this guy, you went to shake his hand, and he held his hands behind his back, and he and he told you <laughs> Larry you don't Bird. Even, <laughs> yeah, he told you you don't even belong in the league. Is that right? <laughs> Larry Bird. Yeah. I mean, you know, Larry was a guy who tried to get into your head, especially if you're a young guy coming in the NBA. But one thing he did, uh, it was a play that I came down and I and I. I went to the rack really hard because I was really mad because he was kicking out butt. And I dunked on him. He fouled me. And I'm talking. I'm pointing. He said, hey, Rook, I like you. You got heart. That ain't what he really said. He said something else. But yeah. he said, <laughs> you know, you got heart. And he said, but I'm still getting 35 on you. <laughs> but, you know, but after that, he showed me the utmost respect. Never talked trash to me after that. Again, right. We had some iconic battles. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, when you, when, whenever you type in your name on YouTube, it brings up, obviously, you know, the, the big one in 88, the Game 7 there. Uh, I mean, the thing, I, you know, watching back at that, I know it's a tough, tough loss for you guys, but that was a physical, you know, that was like a boxing match, I thought, more like you and Larry just trading blows. Um, yeah, I mean, Larry, I mean, when you talk about competitors, there is not many guys who ever played this game was as competitive as Larry Bird. Yeah. He had a heart of a lion, basketball IQ off the charts. And, um, you know, we had uh, some some historical moments yeah. in our career. Where, where, for you, for your, you know, your career, particularly there in Atlanta, where was the toughest place to win? Was it like the, the Boston huh? Garden, Ma uh, Madison Square Garden, the Forum? I mean, Boston Garden, tough place to win. Uh, Chicago, tough to win. Uh, also, New York and L.A. Yeah, tough places. And even uh, places like Utah yeah. was was very, very, very tough to win in places like that. Detroit. Yeah. Um. So I could go on and on. That the, the arenas that you had to bring your A game. Yeah. The Denver Nuggets, man, because they all they did was run and yeah. gun. They would try to break the score, the, the scoreboard on you, and so you had to be ready to match their level of intensity. You know, uh, you know, with this bubble concept happening in Orlando, there's going to be no fans. How do you think that's going to impact the game? I mean, there's there's going to be no home court advantage. You think there's going to be no sort of crowd, you well, know, bringing well, the energy? Well, you know, it's definitely going to impact the game. Anybody think it is, and you know, they're wrong. Um, but you know, you've got to find some sort of normalcy. Yeah. You know, with Everybody, these guys who who are putting their health on the line, going down there to get ready to play, I commend all of them on that. Yeah. But it's a different. No one, we've never played in competitive basketball where you had no fans. You know, you may have played in in places where you had few, a few, but yeah. there's any fans. So it's going to be a major adjustment. You also obviously played in uh, Greece and Italy as well, where the fans there are probably at a different level altogether as well. Oh, it's the most <laughs> fans in the world. Yeah. I mean, won the European Championship in Greece. It was 150,000 people there. <laughs> I, I was scared to death. But that's how passionate they are. Yeah, yeah. Are they, uh, like, were they smoking in the arena as well? You know, out there. It's... Every arena. Yeah. Every arena, every school, 
<laughs> outside the restaurant it did not matter I, it, it was it amazed me when i went to a couple of high schools talk to some kids and every kid in there was out there smoking cigarettes yeah i couldn't yeah. believe it. but it's a way of life yeah yeah a different time as well okay this next guy i think he was also taken in the same draft as you he was more a sort of point guard shooting guard he played for the uh rockets and he played for the bucks really good guy defensively got a lot of steals um very good, very good with the ball. Uh, with the Rockets? He played for the Rockets, yeah, and the Bucks. He, he was taken about mid-draft, in, in the same draft as you, I believe. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's one of those guys who's known mostly for defensively creating steals um, and just taking care of the ball. Not, not a superstar. I don't think he made an all-star game or anything like that. But uh, definitely a good, uh, you know, a lockdown guy defensively. Whereas a couple of guys so that I know that was those type of guys. Um, hmm. That's good. With one guy, I think it was Rob Williams, but I don't know if he – I know he played with the Houston Rockets at one point, but I don't know if he played anywhere else. So that's, guy, a, that's another good one. That's another good one. That's yeah, this guy one. is Lester Connor. Ah, man, yes. Yeah, we did. We came out the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Les played with quite a few teams and had a long career. Like yeah. you say, he was a lockdown defender type guy, distributor, get everybody involved. Wasn't much of a, a big-time scorer. Yeah. But he did all the other things. Yeah, yeah. You need those sort of guys on your team, though, uh, mm -hmm. out there to make sure they don't give up too many buckets. Yeah, yeah. All right, this next guy. Uh, so this guy, I remember, he's a four-time All-Star and just a lights-out shooter. He was a point guard, kind of underrated point guard, even though he was um, uh, on some really good teams. In fact, you would have had some good battles against this team too in the late 80s, early 90s there. This guy was just a 90% free-throw shooter. Good, good point guard, good shooter, good uh, distributor. Came out of Georgia Tech too. Mark Price. There you go. Mark Price. <laughs> yeah. He was a – he wasn't just a heck of a – he was a great shooter. Yeah. He was a hell of a shooter. Um, I remember when he, when he was in college. I think his last year in college, we used to play summer basketball, and we had a team that we used to travel around in the city. We had a great team. Nobody beat us, yeah. you know, uh, in that summer league. I remember they had a small team – that come over from Georgia Tech, and Mark Price came over with Yvonne Joseph, a lot of guys I've never heard of, and they beat us by two right. in that game. And Mark Price shot our lights out. And I'm like, <laughs> who in the hell is this kid? <laughs> you, um, you did hold a record. I don't know if you still do for most free throws made in one game with 23, I think it was. Um, yeah, James James Harden just broke it this year, 24. Yeah, right. 24. I mean, right. I said to a year ago, I said, you know, he's going to break it. He should, I mean, he gets to the line a lot. Yeah. So eventually, last year, I mean, I, I thought it would have been broken last year, but it held for 20-some years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the you know, stamina mentally to be able to drain those, continue to make those shots, though, must be tough. You know, when you're well, a scorer. Focus. Yeah. Focus. It's focus. Uh, and when you're a great scorer, you try to find ways to score. Yeah. And the easiest way to score is to get to the free throw line. A lot of people don't understand that when you get to the free throw line, a lot of time when your game is struggling, those free throws kind of get you going. Because yeah. now you see the ball going through the basket. And I felt like if I didn't get more than eight free throws a night, I wasn't playing hard. 
Right. So my job was to attack you, to get fouls on you. So now if I get fouls on a great player early, yeah. I create an advantage for, for myself because now he don't play me as hard. Did you, so did, it was all about creating an advantage. Yeah. Did you find, though, that being a guy who got to the free throw line, that sometimes, like, uh, you know, the bad boy piston seams would try to say, well, if you're coming in the paint, you're going to feel it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I got hit a few times by the pistons, but, you know, <laughs> you know, we hit back. Yeah, and, um, right. That, that was the thing. You know, that Atlanta team we had with Kevin Willis, Tree Rollins, uh, Roundfield, and Doc Rivers, and yeah. Antoine Flip. Them guys was physical. Right. You know, so – you know, we accept the challenge. You know? Yeah. Well, you had to, didn't you? I mean, you had yeah. no choice, really, if you want to no compete. That's we loved it. That's the way it was back then. Yeah. You know? We have no regrets. We'll be back with more of Poppin' Packs with Dominic Wilkins right after this. Routines. We all have them. We all need them. It's what keeps us on track, like a balanced beam of life. One of the most important routines is our personal hygiene practice. Shower, wash, scrub and rinse. It's a staple. And for some, a post-shower facial moisturizer too. Our buying routine is pretty repetitive as most of us are brand loyal. That's why I'm recommending you add Hawthorne to the mix. Hawthorne has a variety of products for all your grooming needs. Hair a bit smelly? Try the shampoo tray. Face need a scrub skeety? Well, there's a cleanser for that. And of course, there's a sweet deodorant that will have you smelling fresh and fabulous like Tassie all day long. If you're not sure what products are right for you, go online and take the two-minute quiz at Hawthorne and we will recommend which colognes are best for you. One for work and one for play. You've got nothing to lose because Hawthorne offers free shipping and free returns if you don't like the products. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use the promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. This next guy was um, a guy who came out of, uh, out of Russia in the late uh, 80s. He was a lefty. He started with the Warriors. He bounced around a couple of teams, but he's kind of like, um, you know, he's almost like a Manu Ginobili type player before Manu. Not, not as good Sabonis as Manu. Barcelona. There you go, yeah. That was a strong – he was a strong point guard. Oh, my God, he was strong. Yeah. You know, coming out of Russia, lefty goes to the basket, hard to the left. I mean, you know he was going left. And you still couldn't stop him from going yeah. left. Yeah. I mean, those guys did sort of set the table for the guys like Manu, uh, you know, when they came over. And, I mean, you look now, some of the best players. I mean, you only have to look at Giannis, yeah. know, MVP. You know, those Giannis, Giannis, Giannis is a freak of nature. I mean, yeah. a guy at 6'11", almost 7 foot, do the things that he does. Yeah. Oh, forget it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to see. Okay, now, this is a different one, this card, because um, – I knew you were an all-star. I knew you were a, a, an all-NBA player. I didn't know that you were a part of GQ's NBA all-star style team. <laughs> yeah. Some of them suits I wouldn't wear today, though. <laughs> but, yeah, it was me and Kevin Willis. Man, we was on the cover probably, I don't know, three or four or five years, right. you know, with GQ. And also Michael Jordan was on there. Uh, Reggie Theus, Elijah Wan was also on there. My brother Gerald, too, yeah. was uh, – on there before so yeah that was a cool thing back then yeah well the uh the style certainly has changed as well now i mean you see yes, some of, <laughs> would you ever wear some of the stuff russell westbrook wears uh that'd be no <laughs> <laughs> no 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 fashion uh, is a cycle they say that, that's his own thing you know hey it, it works for him hey god bless him 
<laughs> All right, this next guy is um, a guy who played for the Hawks uh, and Pistons, and I think he, he was a colour commentator for uh, the Pistons, and I think also the Oklahoma City Thunder there for a while. In fact, there's also a great footage of you. You dunked on not only him, but two of his teammates down in Miami one day. It was only a one-hand slam. He's I, a big, to, I think it was Grant Long. That's him, Grant Long, yeah. 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 Yeah, Grant Long, he was, he, was, he was a prototypical power forward. You know, did dirty work, rebound, could score a little. Uh, you know, he was, a, he was a banger type of guy. Could yeah. play both forwards, actually. Do you remember that dunk on the heat where you kind of get it through the middle of the paint and then just... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I caught the whole front line. That was yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because I remember, you know, you pick it up and you, you're just saying, well, I'm going to the rim and they're like, we're going to try to stop you. And uh, you won that yeah. battle. I know that much. <laughs> oh, wow. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this guy might have actually also been defending that day. Uh, another player for the Miami Heat. Um, he's uh, he, he was a good player in his early days there in the 90s. I think he won I think he won most improved player one year. He's the only, as far as I know, the only Lebanese basketball player we've ever had in the NBA. Kind of undersized center. Oh. Um, oh. He's a, he's a DJ it. these days. Oh. Man, uh, I know who it is. Just can't say his name. I know who it is. Oh, man. Yeah, he played with uh, Glenn Rice and all yep. those guys. Yep. I, can't, I, I know you're talking about this. Can't think of his name. Yes. Ronnie yeah. Cycli. Roy Ronnie Cycli. Yeah. 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 He yeah. was solid, man. Oh, yeah. He was solid player. I mean, he could play both center and forward. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was kind of undersized as a center, I would have thought. You know what he, he he was, but you know what he, he he was tough guy, man. He he played hard, and he had he had some nice skill. Yeah, didn't didn't hang around very long, but had a nice career in Miami. All right, nice. We're rolling along here. Got a couple more to go. Um, this next guy, you remember him because uh, he was a part of a famous trio in the early '90s. But he really made his name as an all star in Sacramento. He's in the Hall of Fame. And uh, picked up a championship at the end of his career with the Lakers. Chris but Mullen. No, not Chris Mullen. Teammate of Chris Mullen. Part of the run TMC. Not Chris Mullen, though. Okay. You think, yeah, because you had Tim Hardaway and you had... Uh, who was the other guy? The Rock. The Rock. Uh, yeah, I know who... I, I know it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, wow. There he yeah. is. Mitch Richmond, Mitch rookie, Richmond. Of the, rookie of the year in 89. He was the rock. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen many shooting guards were as strong as Mitch Richmond. Yeah. He was strong, man. He was strong, strong individual. Could really shoot the ball, handle it, rebound, could defend. He could do it all. He was a guy, I know there's a video out there, I think it's from the old um, Inside Stuff days, where Jordan says that Mitch Richmond was one of the toughest defenders he ever went against because he had that, he sort of had a low center of gravity there, good sort of base that he couldn't, Jordan couldn't sort of move him out of the way. No, man he, he was, man, he was strong. I mean, he would guard some small forwards. Yeah. Mitch, Mitch, man, I mean, he was a hell of a defender. Yeah. I guess when you're on a Don Nelson coach team, you could be guarding anyone. It doesn't matter what size you are. You could be yeah. a point guard defending a center at some yeah, point. Yeah, Don, Don, Don and Nelly, he started that three-guard front, and uh, it would drive teams crazy. But it wasn't like those guys were that little, though, because Mitch Richmond was a physical individual. Yeah. And then you had Tim Hardaway, 
as another physical guy at the point guard position. Yes. So size didn't really matter with those guys. Uh, it, it's crazy when I see guys like Isaiah Thomas or Tim Hardaway, who I'm, you know, I'm only 5'11 myself. When you're eye to eye with those guys, you think, how did these guys go out there and go out and get 30 in the NBA? I mean, it's just incredible. They were so skilled. So yeah. skilled. Unbelievably skilled guys that, that knew how to score points just by using your body weight against you yeah. or getting you back backpedaling. When you get a guy backpedaling, it's hard to defend a guy. Yeah. And those guys will come at you and get you backpedaling where now you're at their mercy. Yeah. And tough as anything, too. I mean, they would go into the paint. Tough as nails. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, this next guy, um, this guy was a multiple all-star. He was the San Antonio Spurs guard. He was the Raptors guard. He was Milwaukee Bucks. And I think this guy picked up like a few quadruple doubles throughout his career uh, from the guard position. From He got a lot of steals. Um, out of the 84 draft, he was uh, out of Arkansas. Hmm. Tough guy. I think he was, yeah, def defensively he was known as a very, very good player. Um, and like I say, picked up, he certainly picked up one triple, uh, one quadruple double anyway, I think, in his career, if I remember mm. correctly. All-star with the Spurs. He started an all-star game, in fact, with the Spurs in 87. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the Spurs have had some players. Alvin Robertson. Alvin Robertson, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was a rebounding point guard, that's yeah. for sure. He was a rebound point guard, uh, great assist guy, another guy who tough as nails, strong as yeah. – he, he when the hand check was in, Alvin Robinson was as good as any guard in the NBA yeah. at, hand, at the hand check. Yeah. I mean, because you couldn't get by him. I mean, he was so strong. His hands were so strong, he just made you work for it. Yeah. He, uh, he's a, he scored the first ever basket in Toronto Raptors history, I believe, too. I think that's, uh, that's yeah, one you of know those. You're right. You're yeah, right. One of those Absolutely. trivia things yeah. with uh, him. All right, this next guy, um, I think you were teammates with this guy in 1994 at the World Championships. He exploded onto the scene as he came out of high school in the late 80s. High-flying dunker, man. He's 6'10". He could run the floor, and he could dunk on dudes as well. He's, he's got a few big highlight reel dunks. He never won a dunk contest. He was only in maybe one or two. Sean Kemp. There you go, yeah. Yes. Oh, one of the most underrated power forwards to play this game is Sean Kemp. He was an athletic freak. Yeah. And was explosive. And at that power forward position, I mean, he couldn't guard him one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. man. He was just too strong, very agile, athletic. I mean, he jumped out of the gym. He unbelievable player. What's it like when you, you know, you, uh, you know, you obviously play against these guys, but then when you are teammates on these different teams, world championships and things like that, what are those practice sessions like when you're seeing guys who are just like intense? Yeah. I'll practice because, you know, uh, Don Nelson was our coach and our practices was like going to war. All right. We've got the last card here. This is another guy who was a high flyer in the late eighties. Um, he, uh, he picked up a championship late in his career with the Houston Rockets. But uh, this is another guy. He, he was definitely in a couple of dunk contests. I don't think he won any, but uh, he, he's got some pretty good highlight reel dunks Clyde as well. Clyde Drexler. Yeah, the Clyde, the Glide. Yeah, yeah. Clyde, that's my best friend. My oh, is that right? Friend. He's my best friend. We are very close. Um, almost like He's almost like a brother to me. Really? And, uh, again, when you're talking about shooting guards, I mean, he's not underrated because he's a 50 greatest player of all time, one right. of the 50 greatest. Um, I don't think people 
today really understood or understand how good Clyde Drexler was and how easy it was for him to get off the floor. He didn't get the name Clyde the Glide for nothing. Yeah. The guy was like a ballerina in sneakers. Did you guys go? Um, did you guys go into the um, Hall of Fame around the same time? No, he went in a couple of years before me. Right, right. Yeah, I guess he. I guess he retired soon after the Rockets won those championships. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, Nick, just before you go, I've got one more question here for you. One more card to show you because uh, huh. I heard, I saw that you dunked for the first time in a game in eighth grade. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. So um, in Australia, when I was in the eighth grade. I couldn't dunk. I could barely even touch the backboard. But everyone wanted to be like Nick because that's how influential you were. <laughs> so I couldn't. While I couldn't dunk, uh, the best thing I could do was grow a flat top like Nick. What oh, do you think man. of that? That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, I tell you what, that's pretty good because my hair was basically like that. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, when I walked into a little barber shop in Australia in the late '80s and I said I want to look like Dominic Wilkins, they were like, "Who?" I said, hey, 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 they, hey, they did a good job, man. Yeah, I know. Barber. <laughs> I rocked that. I mean, I rocked that for my school photo. Wow, man. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's cool. So, yeah, I just thought, uh, I, thought I, I thought I'd let you know that, that, uh, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't dunk like you. The closest I could get was the same haircut. And I think, you know what? All things considered, not bad. Yeah, that's good, man. It's <laughs> been a pleasure hanging out with you, man. And uh, look forward to doing it again. Thanks very much for your time, Nick. I really appreciate it, and, and uh, good luck to the Hawks whenever whenever they're playing basketball again. Hopefully, Thank you. Uh, hopefully it's soon. But uh, yeah, crazy time we're in, and uh, and again, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, man. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Nick. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye.